0: Chapter Twelve of the Pharaoh and the Priest. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by K. Hand. The Pharaoh and the Priest by Bolislaw Prus. Translated by Jeremiah Curtin. Chapter Twelve rameses passed most of the night in feverish imaginings once the vision of the state appeared to him as an immense labyrinth with strong walls through which no one could force away then again he saw the shadow of a priest who with one wise opinion had indicated to him the method of escape from that labyrinth and now appeared unexpectedly before him two powers the interest of the state which he had not felt thus far though he was heir to the throne and the priesthood which he wished to debase and then make his servant that was a burdensome night the prince turned on his bed repeatedly and asked himself whether he had not been blind and if he had not received sight that day for the first time in order to convince himself of his folly and nothingness how differently during those night hours did the warnings of his mother appear to him and the restraint of his father in announcing the supreme will and even the stern conduct of the minister herhor the state and the priesthood repeated the prince half asleep and covered with cold perspiration the heavenly deities alone know what would have happened had there been time to develop and ripen those thoughts which were circling that night in the soul of rameses perhaps if he had become pharaoh he would have been one of the most fortunate and longest lived rulers perhaps his name carved in temples above ground and underground would have come down to posterity surrounded with the highest glory perhaps he and his dynasty would not have lost the throne and egypt would have avoided great disturbance and the bitterest days of her history but the serenity of the morning scattered the visions which circled above the heated head of the air and the succeeding days changed greatly his ideas of the inflexible interests of egypt the visit of the prince to the prison was not fruitless the investigating official made a report to the supreme judge immediately the judge looked over the case again examined some of the accused himself and in the course of some days liberated the greater number the remainder he brought to trial as quickly as possible when he who had complained of the damage done the prince's property did not appear though summoned in the hall of the court and on the market-place the case was dropped and the rest of the accused were set at liberty one of the judges remarked it is true that according to law the prince's overseer should be prosecuted for false complaint and in case of conviction suffer the punishment which threatened the defendants this question too they passed over in silence the overseer disappeared from the eyes of justice he was sent by the heir to the province of takens and soon the whole box of documents in the case vanished it was unknown whither on hearing this prince rameses went to the grand secretary and asked with a smile well worthy lord the innocent are liberated the documents concerning them have been destroyed sacrilegiously and still the dignity of the government has not been exposed to danger my prince answered the grand secretary with his usual coolness i did not understand that thou offerest complaints with one hand and wishest to withdraw them with the other worthiness thou wert offended by the rabble hence it was thy affair to punish it if thou hast forgiven it the state has nothing to answer the state the state repeated the prince we are the state added he blinking yes the state is the pharaoh and his most faithful servants added the secretary this conversation with such a high official sufficed to obliterate in the prince's soul those ideas of state dignity which were growing and powerful though indistinct yet the state then is not that immovable ancient edifice to which each pharaoh is bound to add one stone of glory but rather a sand-heap which each ruler reshapes as he pleases in the state there are no narrow doors known as laws in passing through which each must bow his head whoever he be herbiter or earthworker in this edifice are various entrances and exits narrow for the weak and small very wide nay commodious for the powerful if this be so thought the prince as the idea flashed on him i will make the order which shall please me at that moment rameses remembered two people the liberated black who without waiting for command had been ready to die for him and that unknown priest if i had more like them my will would have meaning in egypt and beyond it said he to himself and he felt an inextinguishable desire to find that priest he is in all likelihood the man who restrained the crowd from attacking my house on the one hand he knows laws to perfection on the other he knows how to manage multitudes a man beyond price i must have him from that time ramses in a small boat managed by one oarsman began to visit the cottages in the neighbourhood of his villa dressed in a tunic and a great wig in his hand a staff on which a measure was cut out the prince looked like an engineer studying the nile and its overflows earth tillers gave him willingly all explanations concerning changes in the form of land because of inundations and at the same time they begged that the government might think out some easier way of raising water than by sweeps and buckets they told too of the attack on the house of prince rameses and said that they knew not who threw the stones Finally, they mentioned the priest who had sent the crowd away so successfully, but who he was they knew not there is said one man a priest in our neighbourhood who cures sore eyes there is one who heals wounds and sets broken arms and legs there are some priests who teach reading and writing there is one who plays on a double flute and plays even beautifully but that one who is in the garden of the air is not among them and they know nothing of him surely he must be the god Num, or some spirit watching over the prince may he live through eternity and always have appetite maybe it is really some spirit thought ramses in egypt good or evil spirits always came more easily than rain the water of the nile from being ruddy became brownish and in august the month of hator it reached one-half its height the sluices were opened on the banks of the river and the water began to fill the canals quickly and also the gigantic artificial lake morris in the province Fayum, celebrated for the beauty of its roses lower egypt looked like an arm of the sea thickly dotted with hills on which were houses and gardens communication by land ceased altogether and such a multitude of boats circled around on the water boats white yellow red dark that they seemed like leaves in autumn on the highest points of land people had finished harvesting the peculiar cotton of the country and for the second time had cut clover and begun to gather in olives and tamarinds on a certain day while sailing along over inundated lands the prince saw an unusual movement On one of the temporary mounds was heard among the trees the loud cry of a woman. "'Surely someone is dead,' thought Ramses. From a second mound were sailing away in small boats supplies of wheat and some cattle, while people standing at buildings on the land threatened and abused people in the boats. "'Some quarrel among neighbors,' said the prince to himself. In remoter places there was quiet, and people, instead of working or singing, were sitting on the ground in silence. They must have finished work and are resting.' but from a third mound a boat moved away with a number of crying children while a woman wading in the water to her waist shook her fist and threatened they are taking children to school thought ramses these happenings began to interest him on the fourth mound he heard a fresh cry he shaded his eyes and saw a man lying on the ground a negro was beating him what is happening there asked ramses of the boatman does my lord not see that they are beating a wretched earth tiller answered the boatman smiling he must have done something so pain is travelling through his bones but who art thou i replied the boatman proudly i am a free fisherman if i give a certain share of my catch to his holiness i may sail the nile from the sea to the cataract a fisherman is like a fish or a wild goose but an earth tiller is like a tree which nourishes lords with its fruit and can never escape but only squeaks when overseers spoil the bark on it oh ho but look there cried the fisherman pleased again hi father don't drink up all the water or there will be a bad harvest this humorous exclamation referred to a group of persons who were displaying a very original activity a number of naked laborers were holding a man by the legs and plunging him head first in the water to his neck to his breast and at last to his waist near them stood an overseer with a cane he wore a stained tunic and a wig made of sheepskin a little further on some men held a woman by the arms while she screamed in a voice which was heaven-piercing Beating with a stick was as general in the happy kingdom of the pharaoh as eating and sleeping they beat children and grown people earth tillers artisans warriors officers and officials all living persons were caned save only priests and the highest officials there was no one to cane them hence the prince looked calmly enough on an earth worker beaten with a cane but to plunge a man into water roused his attention ho ho laughed the boatman meanwhile but are they giving him a drink he will grow so thick that his wife must lengthen his belt for him the prince commanded to row to the mound meanwhile they had taken the man from the river let him cough out water and seized him a second time by the legs in spite of the unearthly screams of his wife who fell to biting the men who had seized her stop cried rameses to those who were dragging the earth tiller do your duty cried he of the sheepskin wig in nasal tones who art thou insolent who darest at that moment the prince gave him a blow on the forehead with his cane which luckily was light still the owner of the stained tunic dropped to the earth and feeling his wig and head looked with misty eyes at the attacker i divine he said in a natural voice that i have the honour to converse with a notable person may good humour always accompany thee lord and bile never spread through thy bones what art thou doing to this man interrupted rameses Thou inquirest, returned the man, speaking again in nasal tones, like a foreigner unacquainted with the customs of the country and the people to whom he speaks too freely. Know, then, that I am the collector of his worthiness Dagon, the first banker in Memphis, and if thou hast not grown pale yet, know that the worthy Dagon is the agent and the friend of the herbiter, may he live through eternity, and that thou hast committed violence on the lands of Prince Ramses, to this my people will testify. Then know this, interrupted the prince, but he stopped suddenly but what right art thou torturing in this way one of the prince's earth tillers because he will not pay his rent and the treasury of the air is in need of it the servants of the official in view of the catastrophe which had come on their master dropped their victim and stood as helpless as the members of a body from which its head has been severed the liberated man began to spit again and shake the water out of his ears but his wife rushed up to the rescuer Whoever thou art, groaned she, clasping her hands before Ramses, a god or even a messenger of the Pharaoh, listen to the tale of our sufferings. We are earth-tillers of the heir to the throne, may he live through eternity, and we have paid all our dues, in millet, in wheat, in flowers, and in skins of cattle. But in the last ten days this man here has come and commands us again to give seven measures of wheat to him by what right asks my husband the rents are paid all of them but he throws my husband on the ground stamps and says by this right that the worthy dagon has commanded whence shall i get wheat asks my husband when we have none and for a month past we have eaten only seeds or roots of lotus which are harder and harder to get for great lords like to amuse themselves with flowers of the lotus she lost breath and fell to weeping the prince waited patiently till she calmed herself but the man who had been plunged into the water grumbled this woman will bring misfortune with her talk i have said that i do not like to see women meddle meanwhile the official pushing up to the boatman asked in an undertone indicating ramsays who is this ah may thy tongue wither answered the boatman dost thou not see that he must be a great lord he pays well and strikes heavily i saw at once answered the official that he must be some great person my youth passed at feasts with noted persons aha the sauces have stuck to thy dress after those feasts blurted out the boatman the woman after crying continued to-day the scribe came with his people and said to my husband if thou hast not money give thy two sons the worthy dagon will not only forgive thee the rent but will pay thee a drachma a year for each boy woe to me because of thee roared the half-drowned husband thou wilt destroy us all with thy babbling do not listen to her continued he turning to rameses as a cow thinks that she frightens off flies with her tail so it seems to a woman that she can drive away collectors with her tongue and neither cow nor woman knows that she is stupid thou art stupid said the woman Sunlike like lord with the form of a pharaoh i call to witness that this woman blasphemes said the official to his people in a low voice odorous flower whose voice is like a flute listen to me implored the woman of Ramses. then my husband answered this official i would rather lose two bulls if i had them than give my boys away though thou wert to give me four drachmas for when a boy leaves home for service no one ever sees him after that would that i were choked would that fish were eating my body in the bottom of the nile groaned the earth tiller thou wilt destroy all our house with thy complaints woman the official seeing that he had the support of the side mainly interested stepped forth and began in nasal tones a second time since the sun rises beyond the palace of the pharaoh and sets over the pyramids various wonders have happened in this country In the days of the pharaoh Sememphis, marvellous things appeared near the Pyramid of Khachem, and a plague fell on Egypt. In the time of Bodis, the ground opened near Babastus, and swallowed many people. In the reign of Neferches the water of the Nile for eleven days were as sweet as honey. Men saw these and many other things of which I know, for I am full of wisdom, but never has it been seen that some unknown man came up out of the water and stopped the collection of rent in the lands of the air to the throne of Egypt be silent shouted ramses and be off out of this place no one will take thy children he said to the woman it is easy for me to go away said the collector for i have a swift boat and five rowers but worthiness give me some sign for my lord dagon take off thy wig and show him the sign on thy forehead said ramses and tell dagon i will put marks of the same kind all over his body listen to that blasphemy whispered the collector to his men drawing back toward the bank with low bows he sat down in the boat and when his assistants had moved off and pushed away some tens of yards he stretched out his hands and shouted may gripe seize thy intestines blasphemer rebel from here i will go straight to prince rameses and tell him what is happening on his lands then he took his cane and belabored his men because they had not taken part with him so it will be with thee cried he to rameses the prince sprang into his boat and in a rage commanded the boatmen to pursue the insolent servant of the usurer but he of the sheepskin wig threw down the cane took an oar himself and his men helped him so well that pursuit became impossible sooner could an owl overtake a lark than we overtake them my beautiful lord cried the prince's boatman laughing but who art thou thou art not a surveyor but an officer maybe even an officer of the guard of his holiness thou dost strike right always on the forehead i know about this i was five years in the army i always struck on the forehead or the belly and i had not the worst time in the world but if anyone struck me i understood right away that he must be a great person in our egypt may the gods never leave the land it is terribly crowded town is near town house is near house man is near man whoso wishes to turn in this throng must strike in the forehead art thou married asked the prince when i have a woman and a place for a person and a half i am married but for the rest of the time i am single i have been in the army and i know that a woman is good though not at all times she is in the way often perhaps thou wouldst come to me for service who knows wouldst thou be sorry to work for me with permission worthiness i notice that thou couldst leave a regiment in spite of thy young face but i enter the service of no man i am a free fisherman my grandfather was with permission a shepherd in lower egypt our family comes of the hyksus people it is true that dull egyptian earth tillers revile us but i laugh at them the earth tiller and the hyksus i say worthiness are like an ox and a bull the earth tiller may go behind the plough or before it but the hyksus will not serve any man unless in the army of his holiness that is warrior life the boatman was in the vein and talked continually but the prince heard no longer in his soul very painful questions grew louder and louder for they were new altogether were those mounds, then, around which he had been sailing, on his property? A marvelous thing! He knew not at all where his lands were, nor what they looked like. So in his name Dagon had imposed new rents on the people, and the active movement on which he had been looking while moving along the shores was the extortion of rents. It was clear that the man whom they had been beating on the shore had nothing to pay with. The children who were crying bitterly in the boat were sold at a drachma per head for a twelvemonth, and that woman who was waiting in the water to her waist and weeping was their mother women are very unquiet said the prince to himself sarah is the quietest woman but others love to talk much to cry and raise an uproar he remembered the man who was pacifying his wife's excitement they had been plunging him into the water and he was not angry they did nothing to her and still she made an uproar women are very unquiet repeated he yes even my mother who is worthy of honour what a difference between her and my father his holiness does not wish to know at all that i left the army for a girl but the queen likes to occupy herself even with this that i took into my house a jewess sarah is the quietest of women whom i know but Taffet cries and makes an uproar for four persons then the prince recalled the words of the man's wife that for a month they had not eaten wheat only seeds and root of lotus lotus and poppy seeds are similar the roots are poor he could not eat them for three days in succession moreover the priests who were occupied in medicine advised change of diet while in school they told him that a man ought to eat flesh with fish dates with wheat bread figs with barley but for a whole month to live on lotus seeds well cows and horses cows and horses like hay but barley straw must be shoved into their throats by force surely then earth workers prefer lotus seeds as food while wheat or barley cakes fish and flesh they do not relish for that matter the most pious priests wonder-workers never touch flesh or fish evidently magnates and king's son need flesh just as lions and eagles do but earth tillers grass like an ox only that plunging into the water to pay rent ay but he didn't once in bathing with his comrades put them under water and even dive himself what laughing they had in those days diving was fun and as to beating with a cane how many times had they beaten him in school it is painful but evidently not for every creature a beaten dog howls and bites a beaten ox does not even look around so beating may pain a great lord but a common man cries only so as to cry when the chance comes not all cry soldiers and officers sing while belaboured but these wise reflections could not drown the small but annoying disquiet in the heart of rameses so his tenant dagon had imposed an unjust rent which the tenants could not pay at this moment the prince was not concerned about the tenants but his mother his mother must know of this Phoenician management what would she say about it to her son how she would look at him how sneeringly she would laugh and she would not be a woman if she did not speak to him as follows i told thee rameses the Phoenicians would desolate thy property if those traitorous priests thought the prince would give me twenty talents to-day i would drive out that dagon in the morning my tenants would not be plunged under water would not suffer blows and my mother would not jeer at me a tenth a hundredth part of that wealth which is lying in the temples and feeding the greedy eyes of those bare heads would make me independent for years of phoenicians just then an idea which was strange enough flashed up in the soul of rameses that between priests and earth tillers there existed a certain opposition through herhor thought he that man hanged himself on the edge of the desert to maintain priests and temples about two million egyptian men toil grievously If the property of the priests belonged to the pharaoh's treasury, I should not have to borrow fifteen talents, and my people would not be oppressed so terribly. There is the source of misfortunes for Egypt, and of weakness for its pharaohs. The prince felt that a wrong was done the people, therefore he experienced no small solace in discovering that priests were the authors of the evil. It did not occur to him that his judgment might be unjust and faulty. Besides, he did not judge. He was only indignant." The anger of a man never turns against himself, just as a hungry panther never eats its own body, it twirls its tail and moves its ears while looking for a victim. End of chapter twelve, recording by K. Hand.